Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. Welcome back to the Taj Boy Podcast. And if you're new, well, I hope you're here to stay. I truly believe you're going to enjoy this dialogue that I had with my next guest. And if you haven't already, I hope that you hit that subscribe button because you're going to hear some greatness today. You're going to hear some greatness later on. So you might as well go ahead and settle in and get ready for the ride. But today's podcast is brought to you by Indochino. It's the largest made-to-measure menswear brand in the world, folks. They make suits, shirts, coats, and just about everything else you're looking for. And you know what the best part is? It's tailored to your exact measurements for a great fit. Now, if you're like me, it'll be nice and tight. Plus, you get a chance to personalize all the details, all the little things, including your lapel, your lining, and your own monogram. Look, Indochino's process is simple. You choose your fabric, you pick your customizations, and you submit your measurements. You know what happens in two weeks? That package is delivered straight to your doorstep. Now, you can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or you can do it all online at Indochino.com. Now, right now, there's a special. You can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. Now that's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Look, that's an incredible deal when you're talking about tailored clothing. There's no need for baggy clothing or box suits anymore. Go to Indochino.com and check that out. Now my guest on this podcast is a guy that goes by the name of Tyler Jack Harris. This guy's an entrepreneur. He's a motivational speaker. He's a guy that I've been watching from afar. It's going to be self-explanatory what his motives are when you hear this dialogue. But man, I had a blast talking to him and I hope that you enjoy it. Again, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Enjoy the show. Since we're a little collaboration right here, welcome to the Taj Boy Podcast and the Tyler Jack Harris is it the show or the podcast? The Tyler Jack Harris <laughs> collection. And what is that? The Zen right there? Yeah. Yeah, man. Look, um, I've been tell you what, man, I've been encouraged uh by watching you continue to to push out content. And it's not just you just pushing out content, right? It's it's something that's worthy, it's something that's uh substantial to somebody. And I'm I'm just a huge advocate of people realizing that they have an opportunity to impact people and whether it's a million people or whether it's one yeah but that one person that you do impact can affect the mass the masses in, yeah. in that standpoint so i've uh, been encouraged man I'm, I'm thankful to be spending this time with you man i appreciate it man it's um that like that alone is the reason why i do the yeah. stuff that i'm doing is for people to recognize that but really it's for people to be on the receiving end of that mm-hmm. um you know, it's funny, I've got a media team here and we do a meeting every Friday morning and you would think that those meetings are like, you know, metrics and right. analytics and what, what's the conversion and this and that. <laughs> and literally like we talk about our ROI is impact. Yeah. So when we do those meetings, we literally read through Facebook messages that are like four paragraphs long of like life changing story. Yeah. We read a DM and I'm like, this is us. Like this is you guys as much as me that made that happen. Right. 
And that's the stuff that we celebrate because, you know, they're talking about this week, likes going away off Instagram, if, if that'll happen or if not, who cares? But like, we're not doing it for the likes. We're not doing it for the engagement. Oh. I could care. I could care less about any of that. We're doing it for the one person. And to me, it's become like a responsibility right? because I've seen the life change mm -hmm. that if someone in Kansas right now is scrolling through Instagram and for whatever reason, their scrolling stops right on an image of, you know, that I post with a message that for whatever reason just hits them. Right. And then over the course of the next six months, they're following the content mm -hmm. and they're starting to actually implement some of the things I'm talking about and their life's changed. If yeah. I know that that can happen, then how, like, what kind of person would I be not to put it out every day? <laughs> right. Because I've seen it play out and, and it, and it has nothing to do with me because it could be literally the exact same paragraph. Tony Robbins could say yeah. it, Gary V could say it. I could say it, but for whatever reason, based off of my context, mm. maybe it's my voice. Maybe right. it's the way the image looks. Maybe it's just completely, maybe it's cause I had a long beard and yeah. the guy likes beards right. or whatever. For whatever reason, it's the only thing that'll get into their head or that they happen to see at that exact right moment. Right. Like I had a lady one time that was laying in the hospital bed, like just in, in a terrible, 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 terrible place. And she happened to see an ad that I was running. Mm -hmm. And like literally we run ads. I don't sell anything on social media. Like I don't monetize it in any way. Yeah. And we still run ads for the impact. And she happened to see an ad, started following the content. And like six months later, she sent me this message. It was like pages long yeah. about how her life is completely different based off of the content over that period of time and how it's just changed her mind and changed her heart. And like her relationships now is better. And like she's out of depression and all this stuff. And it's like, if you know that stuff can happen, then like, why wouldn't you put it out every day? Well, it's like those little moments of enlightenment, right? You ever, yeah. you ever get to the point where like sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm running, all right, and I'm listening to an audio book or listening to a podcast, and I got to stop, press pause, and jump to another one just because I'm not in the right mindset to focus on what exactly that message yeah. is. Man, I'm like, golly, that was so good that I want to get back to that. But, you know, it's the same thing. Like if I'm talking to to a parent and they're telling me some, some issues or some conflict that they're mm -hmm. having with their child – they're like, can you, this is the message that I want you to, to share with them. Yeah. And it's usually something that those kids have already heard, but mm -hmm. because it's coming from a different platform, from a different person, it makes sense. It registers a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's, that's us, but that's continuous growth too. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I always hear this thing. If you're green, you're growing. All right. Mm -hmm. So it's grass. Right. So I tell the youth now, when I go back to middle school or high school, I don't wish I don't wish to go back in time for anything, mm -hmm. but if I could, I would love to to be where I'm at right now and really be able to take in this information, mm -hmm. really and really direct it and focus my energy on what I'm hearing, yep. as opposed to just letting it go through one ear and out the other. So oh, yeah, no, I agree completely. And really, what I saw on social media and the reason why I dove head first is I saw this gap. Yeah that if the average American wanted to go online specifically to social media and mm -hmm. learn something, or if they just wanted to be motivated and inspired, which is good too, that there was really only two types of people they could go to. And one was the multi, 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 multi-millionaire, right. which is awesome. And I've learned an insane amount from those sure. people, but there's this level of unrelatability for sure. Like because of their infrastructure, their lifestyle, mm -hmm. like you see the team around them, they're on private jets. Like it's still good stuff, but there's like, yeah, that's, that's good for him. Yeah. How does that really affect me? And then there was the second type of person on social media, which is the person faking that they're the first. Mm -hmm. And there was really like, there was nobody in between. Nobody keeping there's, it 100. There's, yeah, there's nobody telling the real story right. that 
it's not easy that it takes insane hard work that it takes a long period of time that you're going to have tremendous struggles and obstacles and they're going to knock you down when you get there that they're not going to be easy to get past and telling the real story and so that's why for me like at that point i had gone from being flat broke Mm -hmm. depressed gone through a failed marriage failed business and i was in a terrible place and 12 months later made over 300 grand 12 months later made over 450 and so that was the point that I was at when I made the decision to dive all in. I wasn't but, the multi multi But why though? When, I mean, did it, is that the moment, what was the moment of clarity for you? The moment of clarity was when I was flat broke yeah. and started to make that, that change in my life was realizing that it was all my fault. Yeah. And Ooh. that whole cliche, like looking yourself in the mirror, but it's, it's literally taking ownership of sure. every single thing in your life and yeah. saying it's all your fault. And I would get pushback on that. Like, oh, you're, you're saying, you know, your marriage because my wife had an affair. Like, oh, you're saying her affair was your fault? I'm like, yep. Because like, if I would have been the absolute best husband, created the absolute best environment in my household, which I didn't, mm-hmm. would that affair still happen? Maybe, but probably not. Right. Like the business failure and the crazy thing that fell out with that. Like, was that your fault? Yes, 100 Like, it, it's all your fault. And, and it's not taking ownership of those things that's keeping you shackled yeah. to them. And so for me, it was that it was just, it was taking a hundred percent ownership and understanding in the encouragement of that was if I got myself into that situation, I could get myself out of it. But that was only through hard work and just going all in that that would happen. And I had just had this fear for a couple of years of really going all in because of the things in my life that had been taken away from me. It was like, well, I don't want to go all in because it's just going to get taken away again. And so I just used it as an excuse for like literally two years and just hopping from sales job to sales job, mm-hmm. never really trying, never really going a hundred percent and using that as the excuse when I failed or got fired. And that's it, Cause it's a tough conversation to have with yeah. yourself. I mean, oh, yeah. you just deflect, deflect, deflect. Oh yeah. And then, I mean, legitimately instead of just the walls cracking, I mean, the whole thing comes crumbling down. Oh, but yeah. That those points are where you either sit down, bro. You just mm-hmm. continue just to, to crawl through the earth or yeah. you stand up, man. And, and there's this, uh, phrase and it's used spread out throughout uh all these different i guess forms right it can be a proverbs or Mm -hmm. it can be in the bible but in the latin phrases i'm more fati right and it's love what is so Mm. when people realize Mm. where they're at in that specific moment that that period of enlightenment for them Mm -hmm. they realize that every success every failure everything ties back together for you to be in this exact moment that we're in right now yeah and once you realize that you become thankful man you walk through life with an attitude of gratitude because you realize that it, you can control aspects of it yep. and you can't control everything yeah but man there are certain pieces of your life where you have total control of man. yeah i love that so you said it was love what, what did you say man love what is love what is i mean that that's and that's what gives people patience mm-hmm. is enjoying the process right because like right now, like there's, there's so many other things that I could be doing right? and there's so much more clarity that I could have on where I'm going, but I'm so freaking happy where I'm at and I enjoy the things that I'm doing. And so I'm not so much worried about like everyone that like, we're, like what's the point about like, what, what does this look like five years from now? Yeah. Like I have no idea, but I'm just going to enjoy the next five That's years. The beauty of it, right? the, yeah. Like in that, and it's, it's the most peace that you can have <laughs> because because you do love what right. is and, and you love the bad stuff too. Like you can only, you can only get to that place right. having gone through some stuff. And like, I wish there was a college course that we could create where we just like destroy someone's life in 90 days right. and have them build <laughs> it back up because yeah. I'd much rather them go through it at 18 than, than sure. at 38. Sure. Right. 
but hadn't having gone through some struggles in my life, it gave me the appreciation. Like right now, like I'm, I'm so incredibly grateful for my failed marriage yeah. because it made me the husband and the father I am today. I would not be the husband I am right this second if I had not gone through that. The failed business, I would not be the businessman I am today. Right. So I'm extremely grateful for it. And when you get to that place, then all of a sudden the next time a big obstacle, a big struggle comes, you're like, oh, yeah. At some point I'm going to look back on this moment and say the exact same Absolutely. thing. So it allows you to get through it with your head up. For sure. And for me, that's like it's 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 100% gratitude. Because you have to understand that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And it is all your fault. Like it's, it's a sum total of all the decisions that you've made good or bad. But I think a lot of what, to your point, a lot of what people try to do is they try to control the things that they can't control. Right. And that's where the frustration, that's where the depression, that's where the anxiety, because they're so focused on the things that are out of their control instead of just focusing on like, what can I do today (laughs) to get better? And then just go do that and, and understand that if you focus on the things that you can control, then all the other stuff that you can't control will fall into place. And most people just never get there mentally. And a lot of that has to do with the people you surround yourself with. Um, A lot of people are surrounded by people that are doing the exact same thing, that are just complaining about their circumstances, that are complaining about, I mean, everything, just complaining about everything. And that was one of the biggest things in that turning point that I had was just eliminating all negative influences in my life. Well, and it's like, um, for me, when I I hit my bottom, okay, Mm I realized it wasn't because I didn't exceed my expectations or perform up to my expectations. It's this thing that I had created yeah. from these people that I'm surrounded by every day or the people that I'm running into in the community. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking my feelings of self-doubt, yeah. of, of, of self-worth, throwing that on to them and looking at them as if they're the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. And it's actually something for us called the looking glass self-theory. Yeah. Yeah, right, we create these of expectations of what we think people think of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the drive. It was the killer for me, man. Yeah. And for a long time, man, like I just, I was pissed at God, bro. Yeah. And I, I just, I felt like I walked away. Mm. Um, and I didn't, I looked at everything that I didn't have as opposed to the things that I did have, mm-hmm. man. And that's when, you know, I got surrounded by some people of faith. Yep. And it was like, man, like you're, you're talking about all these things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. But God gave you a platform, man, yep. and you get a chance every day to, one, use what you did on the field to impact people in a positive way. But yep. you just being yourself, man, that yep. smile that he gave you, that joy that he gave you, continue to to make sure that that exudes out of you, too, because mm-hmm. that's that's the difference maker. Not you going out here and getting to the second, third contract in the league. Yeah. It's where you're at right now. you yeah. know. So that bloom where you're playing that thing really had to hit home for me. Mm-hmm. At the one point, I was like, what am I even doing here? Yeah. You know? Well, I think – I think being a high performing athlete is a blessing and a curse because the blessings are obvious, but the curse is you can get into this mode where you build your value on the things that you do, not on who you are. Right. And if I score another touchdown, if I have another great game, then people are going to like me more and I'm going to be respected more and I'm going to have more value from other people. And it takes everything away from inside you. And there was a guy I had on my podcast one time. His name's uh, Caleb Campbell. And I played at West Point, And then he played a few years uh, in the NFL. And it was one of the most incredible moments uh, when he was talking to me on the podcast. Because he said when he got to the NFL, uh, just things started unraveling in his life. Drinking, drugs, mm-hmm. you know, just bouncing from team to team. 
And he said what he realized is he always wanted to be an NFL football player. That's what he always wanted to be. But ultimately, when when he got there, he realized that he got what he wanted, but he didn't want what he got. That's true. (laughs) And, And now I see this guy, and he's living in L.A., and he does tons of incredible work just on self-awareness yeah. and self-love and and he does these workshops and he t- and he teaches kids at schools and is doing all this speaking about the things that are really important in For life sure. and now he's realizing that being a, a high-level athlete gave him a platform to speak from oh. but that that was just a launching point that was it and now he can use that to put himself in positions that other people wouldn't be able to get themselves into but now he's doing the stuff that he loves and that it was just, it was a means to an end basically. For sure. For sure. And it's, you know, I had a coach tell me one time, he's like, football either ends one of two ways, right? You either aren't good enough anymore hmm. or you get hurt and bro, that yeah. ends your career, you know, yeah. and, and everybody prepares for success, but nobody prepares for what hmm. happens when it ends. And that's yeah. where a lot of these guys, we all share that similar struggle. And it could be a guy who was a, a perennial pro bowler or yeah. a hall of famer. And it's, yeah, that's what I worked for my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I got it and I achieved it, but I don't know what is next. Yeah. And it's like, I went hiking this morning. It's kind of on a whim, you know, mm-hmm. woke up and I was like, I'm just, I had a day off and I was like, man, I haven't really spent any time by myself in yeah. a while. Yeah. And I drive up to Paris mountain and uh, I legitimately didn't know where I was going. You know? <laughs> I went out there one time with a guy on a mountain bike, almost died. Right there, almost <laughs> I, off the I, I was like, I'm done I with this. Did that too. And uh, <laughs> I found I find a trail. And I'm like, cool. I think this is the way. So I, I walk, and and I got like this little bottle of water with me. I had my headphones, and I told myself, I was like, I'm not. Even, you know what? Why Why am I gonna listen to music when yeah. I can listen to the leaves rattle mm. and the wind blow and in the water stream downhill and as I'm walking this one thing just hit me so I bring out my voice memos mm-hmm. and I start recording and I'm like you know there was during this this trail during this walk I saw a little stream mm-hmm. in a brook and I felt like that was good enough so I was going to turn around and just head back to the car because I didn't want to be out there longer than 30 minutes and I was at that point and so I turn around I'm like you know what I'm just going to keep walking because I don't know where this trail is going to take me. Yeah. You know? And no less than five minutes later, I see a waterfall. <laughs> All right. And then I see this full lake that I, I didn't even know was out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we, we get to a point where we, we think that we've reached the pinnacle or this is the best that it's going to get. Mm-hmm. And instead of continuing to take those steps forward and continue yeah. to build that forward momentum, we just turn around and yeah. head back. Yeah. And we miss what was right in front of us the mm-hmm. entire time, man. And that's, that's a lot of it. So oh, it is, it's so funny these days. Like we, we, we put out so I need much that clip too, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. make sure you get that. Clip no, out. it's good. It's yeah. good. He's, and he's an incredible guy. Dude's neck is bigger than his head. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I feel like a lot of times we put out so much social media content that like, sometimes like, I feel like I think in like, social media captions yeah. like i think yeah, i yeah. like think in memes or like i think in like like uh post copy and the other day me and uh pablo we were we were walking it was late at night and just getting our little cardio in for the day and we walked down the street and we went about 25 minutes down then we turned around and walked back and as i'm walking back i saw this this is a bowling alley this is right. a random bowling alley and i thought to myself i'm like that's weird. I didn't see that bowling alley when we were, when we were 
walking this way. And so instantly my mind goes to this like philosophical place of like, <laughs> man, sometimes the thing that you're looking for was there all the time. Right. It just takes you actually turning your life around yeah. so you can see it. And like, it's like everything, <laughs> like everything now, it just like comes out of me and like something that I would write out and, and post. Um, but I mean, that is like that, that is life. I feel like so many people are struggling and they have anxiety and they have all this worry about figuring out like what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll just ask them like, what if the whole entire meaning of life is to figure out what you're supposed to be doing? And it's not figuring out what you're supposed to be doing when you're 25 or when you're 30 or when you're 40. What if it's just by the time you die, figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Jeez, and yeah. if you figured it out, then you win yeah. like that. Like in, and so for me, like that whole phrase means to an end, it's like, what if the means are the end? Like, what if it is the daily things? Because the daily activities that it took for you to perform at a high level sure. in football are the same daily activities that are going to take you to get to a high level in business. Sure. Yeah. It's the exact, it's, it's the exact same stuff. And so it's, it's all these universal truths that we learn, but sometimes they just don't sink in. Not at all. You yeah. Know, in this, in this moments that, that you've heard before, but again, mm -hmm. it hits you. It just hits you at that particular time. So yeah. I'm reading this. I was reading this book, and I'm sure you might have read it. Men's yeah. for Meaning, Victor Frankel. I have. Okay, and yep. there was a Great point book. in that book. And there was a lot of words. Man, I, I don't know how many words, how many pages was yeah, in it, but there was one, one thing that hit me, and I was like, mind blown. And it was success, like happiness, must ensue as it cannot be pursued. Like if you ask somebody what they mm -hmm. want to be, they'll say happy, or I want to be successful. Yeah. What's that? You can't, you can't yeah. make that happen. Like, yeah. that's a byproduct. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the things we do on a day to day. It's the people that we surround mm -hmm. ourselves. It's the thoughts and the conversations that we have with ourselves. Yep. And as a byproduct, all of those things happy, uh, happen. You know, you, yeah. and you become happy or you become successful. And it's not, and it may not be exactly what you think it is mm -hmm. on the surface level yeah. more than it is those internal values. Man, yeah. that's, that's what it's about. There's so many people right now that if you ask them, what do you want to be? I want to be successful or I want to be a millionaire. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Right. What is successful? What does it, what does it mean to be a millionaire? What does that look like? So the first coach that I ever hired for 11 hours, he asked me, but what does that mean? And so, so what does that look like for 11 hours? But what does that mean? Like for 11 hours and, and just, <laughs> and we just dove deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper and deeper. And he was asking me about all the stuff I'm posting on social media. And I kept on like my big word then was legacy. It's like, yeah. man, this is my legacy. This stuff is this, this, this conversation we're having right now will live forever. Yeah. Oh, like, I mean, it's, dog. it's like, yeah. th so this conversation, someone will be able to watch my right. great, great grandson will be able to watch this conversation. Yeah. However many years For from sure. now, it's my legacy, 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 legacy. He just kept asking, but, but why really? Like, but what is it really? And, and so get clear. So like literally 10, 11 hours in, he's like, all right, I'm going to give you some drinks. Just write down exactly what you're thinking right now. And when I come back, we'll talk about it. And so he comes back and he's like, read exactly what you wrote on the page. And at the top of the page, I wrote, what type of legacy am I really leaving for my daughter? If she has to watch these videos to hear the things that I should be telling her in person. Jeez. Because I kept telling them all day, like, this wow. is for my daughter. Like, it's a legacy for my daughter. Like, stuff, my man. daughter's going to be able to watch these videos and, and hear me talking about her and hear me talking about all these things. And, you know, wouldn't, like, if, if you could go home tonight and watch a YouTube video of your dad when he was your age, mm -hmm. like, you'd watch him every night. I'm like, it's legacy, legacy, legacy. But as soon as I wrote that out and said that, I'm like, ah, wait a second. And so then it kind of flipped into my vlog now. It's called My Living Legacy. Yeah. And so if you think of you leave a legacy for 
It's like when you're gone. Yeah. Like I want to leave, leave a legacy for my family. That's like what's left behind when you're gone. Sure. But if you think about living legacy, it's about the legacy that you're leaving in your family. So it's like, what type of legacy am I building in my family right now? Like what type of my legacy am I leaving for the people that are around me? But what type of legacy like am I building while I'm still here? Yeah. And so many people I feel like focus on like when they're gone, what's going to happen. I'm like, well, what, am, what about in the meantime? Like right. there's, you got a lot of years and, or, or you may not, or you may have minutes and it's about living every single moment and every single day to the absolute fullest. That's why I'm so big on this all in and all areas yeah. and, and just it's like screw this whole idea of work-life balance that everybody wants to have, that it's more about <laughs> just going all in yeah. because I could walk outside right now and get hit by a car. Yeah. And I want people to know that like in this conversation that I just had before that happened, that I was fully in it, that I was fully <laughs> invested and that I was all in like that, like the whole all in, which, you know, Clemson is a big all in uh, culture. Um, but for me, it's all in, in all areas. And so, so every single area of your life, your mind, your body, your relationships and your business, your president, you're focused on it. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, so I went and I spoke, I keynoted for floor, uh, for a luncheon. And I'm sitting there talking to these people, and I'm like, you know what? I was like, how many people come in here on Monday and say, hey, I can't wait for the weekend? Mm -hmm. And I hear some, like, some, oh, yeah. some grumblings, a little giggle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're going to weekend your life away. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got we got 365 days in a year, and mm -hmm. you're living for 104 of them. Yeah. Just the weekends. It's terrible. So you weekend your life away. You miss Monday through Friday to get to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. What it's else? Could, how how could you have been building? What steps could you have taken? What things could you have achieved? What could you have learned mm -hmm. in that time? And those experiences aren't just for us; they're for everybody, right? Yeah. So, yeah. what I went through in my life, what you went through in your mm -hmm. life, if you never went through it, then we wouldn't be having this conversation. In absolutely, general, absolutely. You know, and so that's I mean, it's a a huge part of of our our, our makeup and mm -hmm. our design, and it's not for everybody. Yeah, you know, some people legitimately are just private people and they keep everything to themselves. But mm -hmm. you can also be that, and if you're not gonna speak it out uh, in in person, yeah, well, let me just feel it when I'm in a room with you. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't have to say anything to understand how somebody's feeling oh, yeah. or the joy that they bring to you, or vice versa. They can mm -hmm. bring negative energy. Yeah, and it's just like, damn, being around this person is a cancer, and I I can't stand it. So I'm gonna I'm take myself out of that situation mm -hmm. because I only have so many hours in a day, anyways. Yep. And if there's one thing I can control is who I'm around. Yep. So let me focus on that, you know, for sure. And that's, that's one of the biggest things I did in the beginning is I just, I mean, honestly, I kind of alienated myself and looking back, I, I didn't do it in the healthiest of ways. Yeah. Um, a lot of that had to do with the person that I was around those people. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big thing that nobody talks about because, you know, you get on social media, everyone, especially Gary V is like, you know, I don't care if it's your mom, screw your mom, you know, like, like, <laughs> like get away, cut out all your, your negative yeah. people and negative friends, but it's a little bit more thoughtful than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I realized, what I did in my life and didn't do it the right way is that I cut out a lot of people from my life because of the person that I was when I was with them. And so like I quit drinking two years ago Yeah. and before that, I mean, I had a problem. And so the people that I alienated myself from, they didn't have a problem. There was nothing wrong with them, but being around them reminded me of who I was when I was with them. And, and so now I've been in this process of trying to kind of rebuild some of those relationships, which is difficult because I literally just, when I cut on, I, I just, I was gone. Yeah. But I think, you know, this idea of just like cutting people, cutting people, like 
eh, you got to be a little bit more thoughtful about sure. it uh, when you're going through that process. But for me, it's just as important to be adding in positive people. Absolutely. And I know you've done the same thing. And, you know, it's taking one person out, but then adding in two that are positive and that are pushing you and that are, you know, growing you, um, whether it's just being around them and seeing them operate mm -hmm. or whether it's them actually like pouring into you, like as a mentor or as a coach or something like that. Um, but it's a, it's a combination of the two. Um, but the other thing is it's not just the physical people that are around you. Mm -hmm. It's the people you're connected with on social media. It's the things like I quit watching TV t like yeah. three and a half years ago. Like I very, very rarely ever watch TV, never watch the news ever because it's all just negative. Yeah. Like my wife used to give me the hardest time. She loves watching the news. She's like, you need to know what's going on in the world. I'm like, why? Yeah. It doesn't affect me. Like election, like, <laughs> like it, none, none of it affects me. Like I remember when there was like a solar eclipse a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what in the world is everybody doing? I didn't even know like it was going on. Cause I just like literally am like so disconnected from any of that, but I was feeding myself. I mean, I was reading and listening to stuff constantly. Yeah. Uh, when I first made that big, uh, transition from going to broke to 300 grand in, in, in income the entire year. The only thing I listened to in my car was the secret. It's the only thing I listened to in my car. You know, I've actually never read that. Man. It's, it's like your most basic entry level yeah. into law of attraction. Mm. But I mean, I had the thing like memorized and, and it's like a bunch of different people's voices. And I had like the accents down, like I could literally like <laughs> recite the whole book, but it's the only thing I listen to because it mainly focuses on auditing your thoughts yeah. and auditing the things that you're allowing into your, into your brain. And I became so like hyper aware of it that I almost became fearful of attracting the wrong things. Yeah. Like once you realize like how you can attract things into your life, you realize how those negative thoughts can attract things that you don't want. And so for me, I, I became just obsessed with just feeding positivity mm -hmm. and, and feeding positive information and just constantly learning. Right. And that was two years of doing that before I ever did my first post on social media, yeah. two years of just eliminating everything negative and just absorbing every piece of positive content that I, that I could. Well, were you, did you even realize that you were grooming yourself for when no. that opportunity was going to come? No clue. Yeah. No clue. Uh, but awesome. now looking back, it's just like, it's everything comes full circle yeah. and it's just amazing to see kind of what's happened over the last, especially over the last year, um, as things have evolved and really, as I've been talking a lot more about my faith, how that's really evolved into me being able to have just incredible conversations with sure. people and getting back to what's really important in life. Um, which has been a huge evolution of my content over the last few months and just my, my personal, uh, walk with God. And it's like, every time I have a conversation with somebody else about God, my relationship with God gets better, yeah. which obviously makes sense, but people don't look at it like that. People don't look at a relationship with God just as they would a relationship with your wife right. or a relationship with your friend. Like if you're not talking to your friend, mm -hmm. if you're never hanging around your friend, if you're never a, like that relationship's going to fall, it's yeah. going to fail. Like it's just a relationship and like, that's why I'm so big on, you know, people want to talk about religion and, and it's not, a, it's not religion, it's just a relationship. And the way my relationship grows is by number one, talking to God, yeah. but then talking to other people about him. Yeah. And every single time I do that, man, it's just like, it grows exponentially to where now it's like all I want to talk about. Um, so it's been an interesting kind of evolution over the past really four or five months. 
Um, but it's been remarkable just to see kind of the impact that that's made on people's lives. But if you would have told me that three years ago when I started doing this stuff on social media, that I'd be end up like leading people to Christ through DM on Instagram, I would have told you you're freaking crazy, (laughs) Uh, but it's happening every day. Um, you're living your purpose right now, man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you all right. So you've sold. (laughs) 8,000 8, yeah. in three and a, 8,000 life insurance policies in three and a half years. And, and you said prior to that, there was a failed business there. Yep. I mean, that's, it's tough to do, you know, and yeah. from a, from a, yeah. from a confidence standpoint, from yep. a, from a standpoint of knowing that you can even go out there and, and cannot, can I do this, you know? Yeah. So where did that, where so did that come from? a lot of it came from some mentors that came into my life, yeah. um, that are now my business partners. And really, you know, when I was in that bad place, they saw more in me than I saw myself at the time. Yeah. And they believed in me and they really breathed that confidence back into me because not only, you know, the confidence of having a business failure, the confidence of the, of the marriage failure. I, I mean, my confidence was at an all time low Yeah, and they gave me an opportunity, you know, to come work with them. And it was the perfect system for me to be plugged into in sales because it was very fast paced and transactional. So, you know, my territory was down in Georgia. I was living in South Carolina. So I would drive down to Georgia and I would just transaction, transaction, like sell, 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 sell. I'd set a goal. I'd hit the goal. My confidence would skyrocket. The next week I'd go down set a bigger goal, hit the goal, skyrocketed my confidence. And it built it back so quick that it almost became addictive. Mm -hmm. So like how much, possible work can I plug into this system at some point the results on the other end are going to have some type of diminishing returns and I never saw it it was always if I go put 3x work I get 3x results 5x work 5x results 10x and there was never a point where I could implement work into this system where it wouldn't churn out the volume on the other side and so for me it was a very lucky and I think that luck does play a role. Like, I, I don't know how these guys came into my life. Uh, just very, very randomly, mm-hmm. but they gave me an opportunity, but it was what I did with that opportunity. For sure. Um, and it was just in the trust and belief in them that number one, they were telling me the truth <laughs> and they just said, Hey, if you go absolutely work your face off and do the things that we tell you to do, don't try to do it your own way. Don't try to recreate the wheel. Just follow this system that we've created. Good things are going to happen. And I just was, I was at a low enough place to where I didn't have any other options. Yeah. And that's what I love to see. I love to see people that their backs are against the wall. Like that's the, that's, those are the best stories ever. Yeah. When you don't, when failure is not an option, like that's, that's, <laughs> that's when you yeah. win. And there's so many people out there that failure is an option yeah. that they live in a comfortable enough situation that if they don't hit their goal this week, they'll still be fine. And so you almost have to create these this mentality or create this environment to where it feels like failure is not an option sure. where it feels like man if i don't hit my goal at the end of this week i will not live like yeah. i will not survive i mean there were times where you know i'd have a goal to sell 100 policies in a week which is crazy and i'd be at like 95 and i'm literally just like driving around trying to figure out who i can meet with because i'm like i cannot go home mm-hmm. until i hit 100 policies like I, I made this goal and, and that for me was how I started documenting my social media is I used it as an accountability tool because yeah. I would speak those goals. Ah, good stuff. So right. as I, I did over 450 Facebook lives the first year on Facebook and I would get on there Sunday night as I was driving down to Georgia and I'd say, my goal this week is to sell 75 policies. 
And then every day, Monday, I would get back on there sometimes throughout the day. But at the very least, at the end of the day, I'd say, okay, my goal, I'm going to be down here for four days. Goal is to sell 75 policies. Today, I sold nine, so I'm behind. Next day, I would work and maybe do a couple recaps during the day. But at the very least, at the end of Tuesday, I'd say, hey, goal is to sell 75 policies. Today, I sold 32. So now I'm back actually ahead of the game now. Yeah. Day three, day four. You talk about law of attraction. Like I'm sitting there saying 75 policies like 100 times out loud and with other people listening (laughs) by the fourth day I would have like complete strangers DMing me saying like, Hey man, I know you're going into your last day. I think you got like 15 more policies to hit man. We're rooting for you. And it was like this giant law of attraction. And every time at the end of the four days, I would count up the policies like live and I'd say 72, 73, 74, 75, 76. And I would always hit it like right at it. <laughs> and every time I'd, I'd sit there and be like, crap, I should have said a hundred. <laughs> I want to say 90. Like, yeah. Cause I would always hit exactly, but it's cause I literally like spoke it into fruition. Yeah. I was talking about it constantly. Other people talking about it, other people messaging me and thinking about it. And so of course it happened. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people that use social media as escapism and I was using it as a hundred percent accountability. And so it's one thing to like set a goal. It's another thing to write it down. Obviously that is going to exponentially increase your probability of hitting it. But for me, there's something about speaking it publicly Mm -hmm. and doing it on like a weekly, daily, monthly basis. Not just like, here's my goal for 2020. Yeah. But literally here's my goal for this week and making it where it's not always results based. Right. Because back to the controlling the con- things that you can control, you can't always control what the person on the other side of the table is going to say. They're going to say yes or no. I can't control if someone's going to answer the phone or not. But I can control my goal to make 150 phone calls today. Yeah. And so a lot of times what I tell our agents now, because now I'm coaching and training our agents um, as far as my daily um, responsibilities, is it's all about the activity-based goals. And put them out there. Like today I'm going to make 100 phone calls. Yeah. And don't make 89. Why would you make 89? Why Why on earth would you make 89 phone calls when your goal is to make 100? Mm-hmm. It's just 11 more calls. Like why would you not do that? But if you, use a, if you use the accountability of social media, like there's been times where I've been on a run before. And I'll just throw up Instagram stories like while I'm running. <laughs> and I'm like, and in, in my mind I'm thinking like, crap, I'm super tired and I don't want to run five miles. And I'll be like three miles in. And in that moment, to flip that switch for me, I would literally pull up Instagram stories and say, all right, guys, I'm three miles into a five-mile run. I'll recap at the end of mile five. Now I have to do it. Like, like, yeah. now, like, now, I can't, like now I can't not do it. Like, what yeah. am I, I going to say that and then come back on Instagram later and like just not mention it? And people can be like, hey, how was that five-mile <laughs> run? Like, oh, I only got four and a half. Sorry. It's like the eye in the sky for yeah. yeah. Like, so like with this whole 75 hard challenge I'm doing, because I'm so publicly accountable, yeah. there is n- there's failure is not an option. And so when you think about like, how do I create an environment in my life where failure is not an option? It's by putting these goals out <laughs> publicly. Yeah. And so there's no possible way I won't get two workouts in today because I have to, and I'm going to post about it later. Right. And people are going to call me out. Like I had a guy the other night, I ran, I ran five miles and the whole 75 hard challenge. Like each workout has to be 45 minutes right. minimum. And I posted a screenshot of my map, my run app. And it showed that I ran five miles in like 42 minutes. And literally I had people DMing me like 42 minutes yeah, for you your second workout. Like- I'm like, bro, I walked to the rest of the way. It was like 55 minutes. I was like, I was just counting my time for five <laughs> miles and posting that. I didn't want it to ruin my splits. 
And, uh, and they're like, oh, okay, just making sure. And I'm like, and by the way, who are you? <laughs> like, right, right. like, I'm Tyler. What's your name? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like a stranger. <laughs> it's like a stranger's like calling me out for being like 42 minutes and I'm supposed to be 45. And so, like, when you put those type of structures in place for accountability, I, I truly believe that nobody can hold themselves accountable to reaching high, high levels of success. Sure. You can you can hold yourself accountable to being mediocre and to maybe being above average. Yeah. But literally, like, to get into that 1%, you have to have either people or structures in place to be able to hold yourself Some accountable. Some sort of team. You have to, like, well, you, you just can't push yourself. You cannot push yourself as hard as somebody else can push. For sure. You. It's like, you know, people ask me, hey, you miss playing, you miss running down the hill. I'm like, no. Yeah. Man, I appreciate, I enjoy that moment, man. That's what I work for my entire life. Yeah. What I miss is a locker room. Mm -hmm. Man, look, I can go, I can go to the gym right now and say I, I clean and jerk. Yeah. Mine's more of a push press because I yeah, like yeah. jerk. <laughs> 275, right? I'm like, oh, man. With somebody there though, mm -hmm. I'm hitting 295. Oh yeah, but Easily. by myself, like I'm like, well, what am I going to do? What am I doing 295 for? Yeah, what am I trying to be over here? Mm -hmm. But it's just that 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 added value, man. That that influence, man, positively. But again, it can happen the same way on the flip side of mm -hmm. it, you know. And when you're talking about what you're doing, there is. I was listening to Gary Vee for for a while, man. I used to taking a lot of it, kind of faded away from it a little bit, just yeah. to be completely honest. But there is something that that him and Grant Cardone kind of share. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's so many times we focus on trying to build up our weaknesses. Yeah, that we don't double down on our strength. Yep, you know, and uh, man, that just that was key for me because I'm like I'm trying to build this well-rounded deal right here instead of just emphasizing and overemphasizing mm -hmm. this point right here. Maybe, will that catch up to me? Maybe. Yeah, but maybe it won't. But over here, man, I'm I'm going balls to the wall. Oh, yeah, I can go take it to another level. So, dude, I literally just did a Instagram story last night. I think so. Funny you said that. It said, um, where is it? Let me find it real quick. <laughs> we'll cut out this downtime. This is too good. That's exactly. Email me and say, hey, man. We found a we found a place that fits our needs. I'm like, cool, for right, <laughs> for right now. But I catch up with you later on down the line. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, um, I can't find it, but you know, the thing that I, I posted on my stories the other night was was just that. Like, there are so many things that I am terrible at. Yeah, but there's a few things that I'm great at. Right. I just choose to focus all my energy on the things that I'm great at. Yeah. And it's building infrastructure around you because. And what the post, I think the actual like photo or the, um, the, the actual graphic said, um, said that every day you're not going to love what you do, yeah. but every day you have to do what you love. And so in parentheses below it, it said, because some stuff still has to get done. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, right. but you're not going to love every single thing you do. Like yeah. you're not going to be in love with every part of the process. But there needs to be part of the process that you do love. Sure. And there needs to be things that you do that you do. Like there's this there's this misconception of you hear all these people saying like, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Or if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Or, you know, whatever you're truly passionate about, like make that your you know career and sure. all that stuff. Like, yeah, that sounds great. 
but for ninety percent of the people in America, I mean, it's just not a it's not it's not a reality. That's all smoke and mirrors, man. It sounds good, but for me, it was what performing at a high level and what I don't necessarily love doing affords me the ability to do is the things that I love to do. For sure. And one of those things is social media, but it's a lot of other things, traveling time with my family. Like it's, it's going all in on the things that you don't necessarily love to be able to do the things that you do love. And there's so many people that they miss that point. They think like, Oh, well I don't like doing this. So I'm not supposed to be doing it. Like some stuff you still got to get done. Like, like, like some stuff you still got to do. It's like that point of it where it's like, I'm going to do what others want. Won't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what others want so that I can do what others can't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 100%. It's just, I mean, it's a grind. You know, it's not, I mean, it's not all fun. I mean, it's not no. always sunshine and rainbows, you know, but. But that's the whole days, enjoying the process. That's, that's part of it, right? Those those days where you don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. I was hurt as a kid, man. Man, you don't feel like doing it. That's the day you're going to get better. Right yeah. Here. And I, I always thought it was just some cliche statement or some comment, but then I started to realize. That dog, those dog days mm-hmm. is where the growth happens. Oh, yeah. It's the training Because you ground. get to a point where you don't want to do it and you still do it. Yep. It's like, well, I'm going to get another point like this, too, but I'll never be as low as that one point was. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm just going to keep yep. stacking them on top of each other like compound interest. So That's uh, Andy Frisella. His big uh, phrase is do it anyway. Yeah. And I used to say it all the time, like in all my content, like do it anyway, do it anyway, do it anyway. But what I've really learned – through this 75 hard challenge is that it's not just do it anyway. It's not just when you don't feel like it, do it anyway. When you're tired, when you, you, you know, when you're sick, when you're hurting, like do it anyways. It's not just going through the motions and checking the box that the ultimate level of success that you'll reach will be in your ability to operate at a high level when you don't feel like doing it's all it. the level of your training. Yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. it's not just like, Oh, I'm super tired, but I got to do this podcast. So I guess yeah. I'll go over there and say a few words. No, it's like, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do this at the absolute best of my ability. That's the difference maker. Yeah. Now there are times where that's just not an option because you're drained <laughs> right. and because you're just completely exhausted. And in those moments, you still need to go through the motions, Yeah. but the more you can operate at a high level when you don't feel like it, like to me now, it's almost like an addiction. Like I was I posted my stories the other night. I was walking by a bar downtown and I was doing my cardio. I was listening to an audio book yeah. and I was like, there's no greater feeling than walking by this bar right now. I took a picture and you can see the people in the bar and I got my, it, it was like 35 degrees outside. Yeah. It was like 1130 at night. I'm listening to an audio book doing cardio. Yeah. I'm like, there's no greater feeling knowing that I'm walking by this bar, seeing these people in there and I'm out here listening to a book and doing cardio and you have to not only be able to be aware of those circumstances, but seek them out. Yeah. Like how many opportunities do you have in a day where you can do something and you know for a fact that nobody else is doing what I'm doing right now, whether it's waking up early, whether it's doing something late, whether it's operating at a super high level where it's going a little bit further than you've ever gone before, a little harder than you've ever gone before. It's like, how many times do we get in our life to where we can do something we know nobody else is going to do? And so like, I'm like in the point now where I'm like searching for those things. Like, when can I do it? How tired can I be when I do it? Mm -hmm. How difficult can I make it? Like I just signed up for that Eversting. Have you heard of that Eversting, uh, 29, 29, 29, you know, Jesse Itzler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um, he hosts this event each year. He's pretty fascinating. He is. Um, 
for listening. Yeah, he's awesome. He um he does this event. He's been doing it for the past few years. Um, they just had the signups like last week, and he hosts them in four different locations. The one I'm doing is in Utah, and it's this giant summit that you have to climb. And when you get to the top, you take a gondola down. And then there's a big board where you like burn in the little like Everest emblem every time you do it. And it's 13 ascents. Ooh. And it's the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. And so I'm going to go do it in, without, in without August. Literally you have 36 hours to do it. You have 36 hours to complete it. And I know some people that did it last year. Like I know a beast that did it last year. That didn't. Steve Weatherford. You know yeah, Steve yeah, Weatherford? He yeah. only made it 10 of the 13. Which when I looked at that, I'm like crap because i've had him i he is, is Steve Weatherford, the guy i get the emails from was like the fitness guy armageddon yeah. the guy yeah yeah so he was nfl um, like, i don't even know where he's so he was a punter from. for the new york giants yeah, yeah, yeah. He shredded super bowl champion well they named him men's health named him the fittest man in the nfl sure he was a freaking punter Punters, which is man. crazy do, you know? but uh but he's i mean he's hardcore and he didn't make it and so i'm like well let's see and so it's just like me and my business partners we have this saying if you seek discomfort the world will deliver you pleasure if you seek pleasure, the world will deliver you discomfort. Mm. And TD Jakes, uh, he always says, um, if you, if you do, what do you say? If you, if you do the easy things, life will be hard. Yeah. If you do the hard things, life will be easy. But it's like we we literally are seeking opportunities of discomfort. Yeah. Like seeking ways to make ourselves uncomfortable, whether it's like ice baths or whether it's like I did two ultra marathons in seven days this year. And the furthest I had ran was 13 miles. I did two ultra marathons <laughs> in seven days. Yeah. It was 29.6 miles and 32.6 in seven days. I still don't have a big toenail on my left foot. And that was seven months ago. Um, but it was, it's understanding that it's all mental. Right. And like, once you get past those things, you realize like what more you're capable of. And when you realize that it's literally like 90% mental, like you could tell me right now, like, Hey, go run 40 miles. I'd be like, that's going to suck. But okay. Because you realize that like mentally how strong you get yeah. to be like, there's nothing physically you can't do. It's going to suck. Yeah. It's going to hurt, but you're going to love that process. So like now, like we we're I mean, we're searching for things that we can do that are uncomfortable that put us in pain because we know that there's pleasure on the other side of it. Well, that's what I love about, I know some guys I work out with some are Marines, some are SEALs, man, mm-hmm. but just the, the mental capacity, the, the thought streams that come with them because the whole idea is to put them in situations where, you'll break down yep. now they can't they physically can't kill you out mm-hmm. there, but they're going to do everything to break your will as yep. much as possible so sales wolves podcast was the original content that you were driving yeah that was the first podcast for sure and did yeah. you take your experience that you were having and tie that back into other people that were in the same industry or different industry uh different industry just wanted to be for salespeople in general and when we started out as my business partner and i and we just wanted to create really a podcast for number one, appreciation yeah. for salespeople because right. it's a lonely, hard road <laughs> and then education. So yeah. like, you know, trying to teach on different element of sales. But what we realized is after about 25 episodes that it became about way more than just sales. Yeah. So it's still called the sales Wolves podcast. But we talk about anything and everything. For sure. Um, we don't really do interviews on that podcast. It's just more talking to people. Sure. Um, 
but yeah, it's been it's been awesome. We actually just got Sales Wolves tra- uh, trademarked like four months ago. Well, I think there's something to it because I mean, if you huge. think about like I don't know how Mad Money started, but yeah, it started off and it's very yeah, it feels it feels authentic like yep. like Mad Money does to a degree, you know. Yeah, and we're gonna be so December one soft launch, January one kind of the full launch. We're creating a Sales Wolves group. Yeah, um, which is gonna be some type of membership based group where awesome. the podcast is gonna go to that. And then I'm going to be also doing some um, weekly coaching. So I do coaching with our agents. We call it life goals. Mm. So if you look at the word life, L is for love, which is relationships. I is influence, which is the mind. F finance, which is business. E is energy, which is the body. Yeah. And so we take our agents through a process where we set up three 90 day goals in each of those four areas. Mm. And then we jump on zoom with them for one hour a month and we just hold them accountable to the things that they said they were important. Yeah. So literally I'll jump on, a call with a guy and I'm like, so how was your date night with your wife Friday? He's like, oh, well, you know, we didn't do it this Friday. I'm like, well, it says on the list here, date night every Friday. So what happened? Well, couldn't get a babysitter. Okay. Well, let's get on care.com and let's find you a couple more babysitters. That way you don't have just one that, <laughs> that can fall through. And we'll say, how's your diet going? How's your workouts going? How's the, you know, what chapter are you on in the book that you said you're reading? And we just yeah. hold them accountable to these things. And the crazy thing is, uh, we've been doing that for about 18 months now. Over the first 12 months, we had about half of our agents do it because it's not mandatory. We had about half of them do it and half didn't. The ones that were doing it um, did 26.7% more volume over the first year. And the crazy thing is in that hour call we do once a month, we talk about business for maybe five minutes, maybe. But of course, if your relationship's the best it's ever been, you're in the best shape you've ever been. Right. If you're growing, you know, with your mind and self-development, of course your business is going to improve. Sure. And so 26.7%, that's like in our world, that's an extra $52,000 that those people made. Yeah which is crazy. And so in that group, we're going to be taking, I'm going to do a Facebook live, um, every week. It'll be on the same day, same time. And it'll be going through one of those four areas. And we're going to kind of tie it to the wolf. So it'd be like wolf, love, wolf, energy, (laughs) wolf, finance, wolf, uh, influence, and kind of making that tie into it. But then we're just going to, we're just going to talk about it. And, um, it'll give me the ability to be a little bit more one-on-one hands-on with people. Um, but it'll also create a community of like-minded people um, that are all trying to get better in all the areas of and, life. And that the the reference to wolves mm-hmm. is that is that part of it? Because I mean, obviously, if you do see a wolf by himself, obviously there's an issue. Yeah, you know, there's something something's wrong. Something mm-hmm. happened for but sure. The alpha uh, is a huge part of that group, as well as the omega, right? And they yep. all tie back to make each other make sense in that pack. So yeah. that why it's called the sales wolf. Body. Yeah, it is. And there's, there's a lot of interesting science behind wolves. We, yeah. we did a, we did one episode with uh, Dr. Rebecca Heiss. Um, she's local here in Greenville. She's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. She speaks all over the world. She just texted me a second ago. She's on her way to Cincinnati. She speaks all over, but she's studied, she's a PhD, but she studied like the cognitive behavior yeah. of all different types of animals. Yeah. And she got on our podcast and talked about wolves and it was, it was pretty mind blowing. Just like the level of, of kind of congruency with wolves and, and salespeople. Well, you got audible, right? Yeah. All right. So there's this book that's called wisdom of wolves and it's by a guy named Twyman Towery. And I listened to it like 50 times. Fantastic, really? man. It's like, really? He's tying back these, these, the, the ethos of these wolves into relation to what we are. And I'm like, 
This is fantastic, man. So you need to check that out. Wisdom of rules. That that mean it comes in the clutch, man. Because I I buy a book and yeah. Since you get that monthly subscription, Mm -hmm. I mean they give you that one free credit. Yeah. I got about six stockpiled to figure (laughs) out which ones I want to tap into next. What are you reading right now? So, or do do you read one at a time, or you read like a multitude of books? I usually read one. I usually read and listen. Yeah. Um. Right now I'm reading um super fan. It's uh, it's been good. It's about how to create super fans. Yeah. And so it kind of has this like pyramid of fandom of like how you take someone from like a casual consumer of your content yeah. to an active participant to ultimately becoming a super fan. And yeah. there's all these steps and ways that you can engage people and give them quick wins and how you can really where they'll do anything for, for you. Sure. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. The best book, though, that I've read this year by far is a book called uh, The Way of the Warrior. It's by Erwin McManus. Mm. Erwin McManus has probably had the biggest impact on my life this year, hands down. He's inc- he's a pastor of uh, Mosaic Church in uh, California. Yeah. It's, it's right in the heart of Hollywood. But this guy, he's like 62 years old, and he's been a fashion entrepreneur, filmmaker, storyteller. He's just got this crazy background. And, uh, but he's a pastor of this church, and it's like this church has pr- the most perfect and beautiful, like, intersection of like religion and culture yeah like all these like famous musicians and actresses and artists go to this church it's a very 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 eclectic group of people and he's got more swag than anyone on the planet like when i met him i had i did a podcast with him in person when i was out in la and the only time i could do it could meet up with him was at the uh, national religious broadcasting conference yeah so he comes in there. There's nothing but a bunch of old white guys in suits. He comes walking up. He's from um, El Salvador. He's got this like perfectly chiseled like white beard. <laughs> He's wearing this like camo off white jacket. These off white pants with some Jordan off whites. Like eight bracelets, four necklaces. Just like all these other old white guys are looking at him like, who's this guy? Yeah, I think right, he right. is. But he's one of the most impactful. He's got like eleven books. I've read like five. I think I'm on my sixth one right now. Uh, but Way of the Warrior, I read it in two days straight. Two days, and highlighted like half of it. It was it's it it's all about the, it's all about the only way to world peace is through inner peace. Yeah, and so it's about a warrior is really is it's being a warrior with your mind and controlling your mindset, and dude, it's it's incredible. But all of his books are are really good. Well, yeah, because I mean, there's every, you know you ask a kid with what do you want to accomplish for world peace? I want to change the world. Mm -hmm. You can't change the world until you change your world. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something to tap into as well. But I do see the off-white Air Maxes back there. (laughs) And look, you got, man, look, you got a a pretty solid collection too. I mean, you got to use it. It's my only vice now. Like I quit drinking. (laughs) So like that's how I justify with my wife because uh, anytime I come, I mean, there's rarely a week where I don't get at least least a pair of shoes. Yeah. For a while there was like – four or five or six pair a week. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's bad, but, um, but I love them and yeah. I wear them. Yeah. You wear so like, them. Yeah. yeah. I wear them. Like I wear them all like, like these Those right here, like some of my favorite, the fear of God. Um, and like, I mean, I just love them all. And it's just like my, it's my, my weird thing. But True. we were doing these, uh, kicks of the day videos and then Pablo that. was just like crazy with these editing, but it got to where I was like, crap, dude, I can't afford to keep doing this. Like I had, I had to, it was a new, it was a new video every day. I had to yeah. be a new pair of shoes. So I was, and I wasn't just buying freaking cheap no, shoes. No, I'm no, buying like, the hitters, man. dude, it's, there's a meme that's usually about guns 
but I want to post it one day, except I don't really want my wife to see it, but it'll say something like my biggest fear in life is dying and my wife selling my shoe collection for what she thinks I paid for. <laughs> Usually people talk about that with guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it's shoes. It's, no, just, it's just my thing. And is that, like, you got brothers and sisters or anything? I got where, one sister. Where'd you, where'd you grow up at? I, I moved to Greenville when I was in the eighth grade. Yeah. So Greenville's home, went to Riverside High School, went to Clemson, graduated Clemson in 07, came back to Greenville. But I had lived in seven states by the time I was 13, so I moved yeah. around a bunch before that. So, my, so my what did parents. that do? Because obviously you got to to an age. I mean, seventh, eighth grade, mm-hmm. you can you can realize what's happening in yeah. your surrounding spaces. So mm-hmm. did that did that create um, that attitude or that mindset where you can have a conversation with anybody? Yes. So like, I loved moving. My sister hated it. Yeah. So it's all a personality type. That being said, I'm also introverted, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But for me, I always liked being the new kid on the team. Yeah. Like I was a wrestler. And so like, I always liked being the new kid, liked having to prove myself, liked, you know, being the new kid at school, liked having different groups of girls every couple of years. <laughs> and, you know, for me, I loved it. And there's, it's very rare when I'm in a group of people, but there's not some commonality of like, Oh, you're from Texas. I used to live in San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, you're from, you know, Georgia. I used to live in Columbus or, Oh yeah, I was born in Hawaii. Like, Oh, you're born in Hawaii. Like, yeah. Like, so there's, there's always some kind of commonality that I can have, you know, to talk about with people. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, my parents, my dad's, my parents are both in their early sixties. My dad's moved like 50 times. My mom's moved like 52 times. Yes. So they lived, lived all over the U S and Belgium, Spain, Iran, Turkey, Germany, you know, all over the place. But, but Greenville's home, man. I love Greenville. I don't, I don't, I don't foresee any reason to ever leave, especially because it gets better and better. It's growing like crazy. I uh, live right downtown. Just absolutely love it. Got everything you need right here, man. It really does. And, I mean, you're an hour and a half from Charlotte, two hours from Atlanta, three hours from the beach, 45 minutes from the mountains. It's got everything you need. Now, have you been – are you traveling a good bit these days? Or I'm traveling nervous? an insane amount these yeah. days. I have been in – I have probably been in 20 states in the last 25 weeks. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's been intense. I was in Orlando last week. I was in – I don't even remember – I was in Utah the week before that. I was in Pennsylvania the week before that. I was in Seattle the week before that. I mean, just all over the place, training our agents. Yeah. Um, so my role now is when when they get done with all the training and onboarding to come on to our come in with our company, their very first week that they're actually like out there working, I'm there with them in the field, and it's a really cool position to be in because you know I remember what it was like because it was just five years ago for me. Yeah. And now it's, you know, my purpose is in helping them hopefully create a similar story that I had, you know, and having the success that I had and being able to be there, like right in the first week is, is awesome. And it builds that belief, like their fear and anxiety is at all time high. It's like their first week they've learned all this stuff, learned all these scripts, learned all these processes, but now they actually got to go do it to have me there with them. That being said, it's also a ton of pressure because I make 150 phone calls with them on, you know, Tuesday and then I go run, you know, 10 meetings with them on, on Wednesday and then I leave Thursday. And again, you can't control who's going to answer the phone. Yeah. Can't control who's going to say yes. This is their first look at like this business in real life in their first, you know, way to either build or crush their belief. So I have to perform for sure at a high level, but so far, you know, it's all worked out. Um, so it's good, but it's a lot of traveling, the traveling. I don't, I don't love, Yeah, 
Um, I have a three-year-old, so it's, it was a whole lot easier when she was like six months old and she's just, you know, eating, sleeping and pooping, <laughs> yeah. you know, when she's three and she's like, don't leave. I'm like, mm. so that's tough. So I do a lot of FaceTime, but I mean, during those first three and a half years, um, with this business, I was in a hotel over 200 nights a year. My toughest year was 238 nights in a hotel. So there is no glamor in spending that many nights in a hotel. Well, and, and when you're having these conversations with these younger people who are mm-hmm. getting into the space, I mean, look, the best way out is through, but is there some sort of conversation that you're having with them to help prepare them for what's to be, or does it just have to happen? My role and the reason why I feel like I'm, I'm perfectly designed to do it is to set the pace. Yeah. Like I want them to see me right. pick up the phone and the second that I hang it up, I'm picking it up again. The second that I hang it up, nonstop till lunch because people don't answer the phone during lunch. And then nonstop till five because they're all gone after five. And to see like, oh, like it wasn't just hyperbole. Like it wasn't hyperbole. You meant it's it's really 150 phone calls. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. Like I just figured you meant like it was a lot. Like you, you say like 50 calls or 150 calls is just a lot. It's kind of like goes over people's head. Like yeah. we're going to make a lot of calls. But when they actually see like, oh, we just made 150 phone calls, <laughs> yeah. it's like it sets the pace for them to understand like this is what it takes to be successful. And really what I'm driving home in those days is all going back to the system that like you are not special. I was not special. I didn't have any certain skill, talent or ability. I just followed this system yeah. to a T and I did the things that they told me to do. And it was insanely successful. Master, so, master those habits. Yeah. So don't try to like create your own way or think you're going to like, yeah. oh, well, I've been doing this and it's worked a little well. Like, no, just follow the system. And we've yet to have somebody that came on board with us that failed, that we were looking at the situation like, man, they did what they were supposed to do. They were working super hard. I, I, I don't know what happened. It's always blaringly obvious. Well, because all right. So it's like uh, learning from the master, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get the wrong teacher it creates or sets a precedent Mm -hmm. that becomes a hard habit to break okay so it's like uh you're working on your golf swing and you know you get so used to to doing it in this form and then you realize the whole time that it was absolutely wrong it's like Mm -hmm. damn how do i even convert to perform at a level that i'm I'm capable of and get back to that to that space where it actually makes sense so for you how do you bring somebody in that's been with a different company to try to it's like tame the wild horse, right? Yeah, so, damn, yeah, yeah. Right, we need to get you back here because this is the only way that you're going to succeed. You know, is it tough changing that person's perspective? It's, it's so tough too, that we try to bring on people with the least. Yeah. We try to bring on no insurance people For sure, because traditionally insurance people are lazy and they have bad habits. Yeah. But even salespeople, like we have to coach the salesiness out of them. Mm-hmm. And people like they, they live on their like past successes and oh well this is the way I did that I'm like I don't care how you did that it's not this yeah <laughs> and so it's very very difficult yeah. so we've we've combated that by really investing in our recruiting process we have the most extensive recruiting pro- it's like seven steps of which three of them people have never done before for an interview ever yeah. to make sure that we have the absolute highest probability to succeed in that person first and foremost. But then after that, I mean, it's, it's really to take what you just said, like realizing that like your swings off a little bit and then over time you're just completely, 
it's, I, I heard a sermon the other day and he was talking about tennis yeah. and that he had hired this tennis instructor and the tennis instructor said, well, you know, show me your serve. And so the guy did his serve and, you know, got over the net, went in the box. Like, he's all right. He's like, you're holding the, you're holding the racket wrong. And so he's like, instead of holding it like that, hold it like this. Well, for the next hundred serves, he either went over the fence or went straight into the net and none of them went into the box. He's like, yeah. I'm paying you to get better. And so I think a lot of people think that all of a sudden when you're going to have this like little fix that all of a sudden the results are going to happen. Instant gratification. Yeah, instant gratification and at least instant progress right. <laughs> at the very least. But sometimes someone's doing it the wrong way. And when they all of a sudden start doing it the right way, they're still doing it with the wrong mentality. They're still doing it with the wrong mindset. They're still doing it with the wrong intention. And so it takes developing those skills over time. And so what we want to do is we want to find the greenest people as possible and teach them from scratch the right way to do it. That way they don't ever build those bad habits because hard to have it. Bad habits are hard, hard to break, especially because like a lot of these people, I mean, they're older than me that I'm out there training. They've had more sales experience than I have. For sure. But I'm like, I don't like, do you want to succeed or do you want to be right? Like, well, you know, and I had a, I had a habit. <laughs> so it's funny, like, all right, so in sports, especially when you talk about, like, youth league going upwards, mm-hmm. what you hear a lot of times is a coach saying that, you know, what you do in the classroom directly correlates to what you're doing on the field. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you take it for what it is, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I can go out here and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm struggling on this math test over here, but I can go out there and throw the ball 55, 60 yards, or, mm-hmm. you know, I can get a guy in space and he's not going to tackle me. But what you're not talking about, what they're not talking about is what you're doing on the field is how you're getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, for me personally, I have always been somewhat of a crammer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. I and I was always I, I was always able to do enough to get by in yeah. the classroom, and I was yep. able to go out on the field and and I owned my craft, man. Like I I never took spring break, I never went on vacation, I never like yeah. you know January February rolls around, and that's my time to get better. Yeah, you know, so it's twenty eight degrees out in Virginia, bro. Mm-hmm. My dad's making a handmade tarpon, which is ripping balls. Man. Yeah, I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, um, but the physical was going to be there, but yeah. I I neglected the mental, mm-hmm. right? So and it wasn't me processing what was happening on the field it was processing the habits to go be as successful as possible that was going to create sustainability yep. so then i get to the nfl and i've always been able to take what i've i've i'm learning mm-hmm. and apply it to the field yep but in pieces yep so a piece at a time so you know i digest four or five plays all right cool i understand it I, and i'm and i'm knowing it instead mm-hmm. of just learning it yep and then it's like when you get to the league those same study habits that I had created over those years of being able to cram mm-hmm. finally caught up to me. Yeah. So instead of getting three or four plays for me to really digest and adding it in, now yep. I'm getting 80 plays at one time. Yeah. And I don't, it's not that I can't understand it. It's a lot to grasp at sure. one point. So now I'm sitting here like, well, how do I even break it down mm-hmm. for me to understand why this formation ties back to this play concept that ties into this protection that tells me where this scheme is going on the blocking surface. Yep. And you're not getting the physical reps to go out there and do it. So Mm -hmm. you got to process everything mentally. Hmm. And that was the differentiator right there. So I tell kids all the time, man, like these habits that you're creating are the ones that's going to last a lifetime and you can break it, but damn, it's tough to, Mm -hmm. you might not get the opportunity to be in it as long as you want to. Yeah. We, we translate that with our business and I would translate it into any person that's yeah. in sales or entrepreneur as this phrase that 
a lot of times your charisma can take you where your character won't keep you. Right. And it's that character. Like the character is the um, the dedication, yeah. the discipline. Yeah. And so you'll have salespeople that'll that'll you know start in a sales career, and they're very charismatic. They can talk. You know, they can talk yeah, the yeah, talk. Really well. And they'll they'll close some deals, but their character won't keep them there. Right. Like they'll they'll go close a couple of deals this week, but then you'll ask them, "Did you make your three hundred phone calls this week?" I closed the six deals. Like you, like my goal was to close five deals. I closed six deals. Like I didn't have to make the 300 phone calls. Like, so you didn't make the 300 phone calls. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. And yeah. like, there's no exit strategy there. Like right. it'll always catch up to you. Just yeah. like you said, like it caught up to you. You were like, crap, I haven't been used to learning it this way. Right, now I'm overloaded. And now yeah. I'm over. Yeah. And, and that's what happens in, in sales and in business. It's the, it's ultimately, I think discipline is the, number one key to success it's being able to whether it's self-discipline or like we were saying before whether it's having those layers of accountability in place to make sure that you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing every day you know even when you're having the 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 worst thing that can happen to a salesperson is a period of massive success because when they're out there closing deals and in real estate this happens probably as much (laughs) as any any other industry in sales you know, you're closing a bunch of deals left and right. Next thing you turn around, your pipeline's completely dry. Yeah. You got no deals in the works because you've been closing <laughs> deals. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's great. You close a bunch of deals. But if you're not keeping your pipeline full, right? then you're going to – we call it porpoising. Like, you know, you're, they're going to come to the surface. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna make some deals right. happen. But then they're going to go down. They're going to be gone for two months. For sure. And we have people that do that all the time. Like, they'll go throw up a couple hundred policies – and then two months will go by. We're like, where are they? It's like, oh, they weren't doing the other work while they were closing those deals. Yeah. <laughs> and so for us, it's just having that that discipline of saying, like, today I'm going to do this many activities yeah. and I'm going to close this many sales. And the activities are just as important as the sales. We call it now and later money. Yeah. So it's like you're working on your now money. That's the deals you're closing right now. But you got to work on the later money. Got to. Well, because it's a process, man. So, oh, yeah. So it's funny because, like, you know what I was talking about from a football standpoint mm-hmm. that translated to from from little league up to the league. Yeah, is where I'm at in the CRM right now. Yeah, all right. So I had a really good week last year. We mm-hmm. had some last week, mm-hmm. uh, and we got some sales and everything's solid. And I'm like, all right, now I got to get back to yeah. Because what you can do is get so caught up in this particular moment that you forget the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And now three or four days go by, and you're like, man, I forgot to follow up with such and such. Yeah. So creating those habits, like. But the biggest part is just being cognizant of it. Yeah, you know, for if you sure. can be cognizant of it, you can figure it out. Man. Mm-hmm. But you just gotta, you gotta work harder a little bit at it if it's not, yeah. if it's not innate. And people know? in sales, they go after these big whales, yeah, and they don't realize that it's those small deals added up over time that make your business. For sure. And True statement. you know, it, they're not as exciting, they're not as sexy, they're not as fun. You know, when you when you get them, but man, they they. They feed you (laughs) and they lead and they lead to the big ones. Like our referral business is crazy um, because those small agencies that we're working with, you know, someone that works there knows somebody at the bigger, the bigger ones. Um, And so our, our business becomes very much referral based once you're here for about six months to a year uh, to where you're very rarely making cold calls anymore because you're all getting referred. Well, that's where like, uh, so I was at a package of business for a year. That was my first job. Mm -hmm. I say it's my first job. Well, 
in like the professional yeah. ranks. When yeah, I was yeah. in high what school, kind of package I had like you? a summer job where I was working at Bush Gardens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cleaning up stuffed shells in Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a ride operator, so That's I mean, the awesome. damn, I worked on the battery ram. Yeah. You know? So I used to break down all the time. <laughs> so I had to get up on the microphone and say, hey, you know, like this weird linen shirt, and these <laughs> stiff pants. And sorry for the. Uh, this rod, sorry for the confusion. This rod has been temporarily shut down. <laughs> Come back in two hours. You know, people arguing with me. I'm like, look, I don't operate the machine. All I do is press press the red uh-huh. button and tells us to go. All right. So, but no. So the packaging, we were more uh, B to C. Yeah. All right, so, but more or less, I mean, we were more supplies. All yeah. Right, so your shrink film, your poly, your tape heads. Okay. Uh, your corrugated. All My that dad's been in the corrugated industry his entire. Or, my entire life and like so you know like those you can get all right so this is one thing because it mm-hmm. used to crush me man like because i was technically that wasn't even in sales mm-hmm. i was in business development which to me now i think is sales yeah, right because we're, sure. just, we're building all right we're building here yeah this uh if you're gonna say no you gonna have to say no to me and not mm-hmm. the business you know yeah. so that's where i wanted to get to all mm-hmm. right so I'm sitting there, bro, and I'm, I'm listening to these guys that have been in the packaging business, and they're crushing it. But they're crushing it off of one well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the same way you got the business is the same way you can lose the business. Oh, yeah. All right, so kind of went in the back door. They got a giant, paid them off initially. Mm-hmm. But the packaging business is all res- residual. Yeah, you know? for sure. And so instead of having those those little uh, mm-hmm. little ponds, yeah. I should say, I guess, to add up to mm-hmm. the core, core business, they had this giant and nothing else. Yeah. So they were getting paid in in, in chunks yep. at a time. But once that business went away, oh, that's they terrifying. Were back to nothing. They had no it's business. Terrifying. They had no industry. So it yeah. was like, all right, well, I should have been working over here as opposed to me just putting all my eggs in this one basket mm-hmm. and legitimately just fell off the map. Dude, so. That would make me so uncomfortable. Like and that's and people that are in that situation, like they know it. Yeah. And they're just they just try to avoid thinking about it. But like it would make me so uncomfortable to know that if something happened with this, with my three main clients, that yeah. I'm f- screwed, yeah. completely screwed. Uh, but it's that's how most people just flip For through sure. life. They're like, ah, I'm good. I made two hundred grand this year, and you know my three customers are happy. But what you don't know is that we're about to experience a down market here yeah. at some point in the near future, and um, that's when uh, that's when things will get interesting. Yeah. I'm actually excited about it. I'm excited. I think we need a down market. We'll figure out what people made up, man. What it built for, you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, 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 it and hopefully, it'll expose some people on social media. It'll give them the opportunity <laughs> for the first yeah. time to actually tell the real story, for maybe, because sure. it's super easy to get on there and fake it on social media right now. Right. But when all of a sudden, you know, people aren't paying you ten grand to, you know, hold a, you know, energy drink in your in your video, uh, yeah. it's gonna get real, real, real. Shout interesting. out to Bang over here. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Bang. <laughs> We we had the we we used to buy Monster the Monster Ultra Zeros here like by the pallet, and uh, then we we went through these phases where we'd like wean off of them and like try not to drink them so much. Yeah. And then Bang came out, and we used to have this running joke. We're like, like it's got CoQ10, man. It's good for your heart. Yeah. Like it's got BCAAs. Right. Like, right it's got right, creatine. Right, yeah. It's good for your muscles. You're like, ah, well, whatever. These things are blown up though. They're, They're everywhere, good though, man. Mm-hmm. And I called the guy. I was like, hey, man, like, is this gonna kill me in the long run? It was like, what? Every, you got to take everything in moderation, but yeah. it was like, it's actually, it's only 300, yeah, 300 milligrams. something milligrams of caffeine or something. It's like, you know, it's, it's less than coffee. So 
less than like, sure. that's like four like, cups of coffee i was like this is great thing that's you know right. so either this or sunflower seeds we'll figure it out from there mm-hmm. you know blood pressure goes up <laughs> but now so going forward in the future i mean yeah you're focused on the present you're enjoying this on the mm-hmm. day-to-day but you know for your business for your for your, your, your personal philosophy for you're a three-year-old baby girl. I mean, yeah. what do you want? You, you talk about legacy, but what do you want the big picture to look like? I have no idea. Yeah. I'm trying to get clear on that every day. And it's it's frustrating at times because I talk about it so much about how people need to get clarity. Yeah. But it's the most difficult thing in the world. Like, it is the most, so, like, yeah. like, for someone to ask you, what do you want? It is the most difficult thing to answer, right. period. Like picking um, out the restaurant, huh? yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me, whatever you want. Um, I mean, it, it is, it's the most difficult thing to figure out. Um, I think a lot of it is narrowing down to the things that you know you don't want, yeah. Mm. And you know, for me, that's been a big part of it is you know, I don't want to travel like I'm traveling right now forever, uh, I'll do it for another year, yeah. Um, but you know, beyond that, you know, I think I'll, I'll slow down there. Um, there's, you know, there's different, there's different elements to it. I think with, um, all the personal branding stuff, I want to start speaking more. Yeah. Um, I just booked like three speaking engagements last week Wait. for next year. Yeah. Like Fresno, California, West Palm beach and yeah. of all places, Tyler, Texas. Um, so trying to get the speaking stuff up because I really, there's, Putting out stuff on social media is great. I love doing a lot of live stuff on social media. That's great. But speaking in live, like speaking live in front of a group of people is just a completely different oh, man. atmosphere. And uh, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it is. And the worst part is like, all right, so I think I'm pretty pretty funny sometimes. Like, <laughs> I, I make a joke and nobody laughs. I'm like, damn, I guess it wasn't that funny. But when you do, when oh, you, yeah. when you give them that nugget, man, mm-hmm. or that conversation, you know it's flowing well, and you can see the yeah. expressions on those people's faces. I mean, it's it's, it's beautiful. It's My favorite thing. thing in the world is Q and A. Yeah, um, that's why I like Gary Vee's content so much because yeah. in his keynotes, I mean, he's talking for fifteen minutes right. and he's doing Q and A. But for me, like, if I got a group of a hundred people, then I can deliver a message, right? And it can be impactful for maybe twenty, thirty of them. Yeah, and the rest of them may get something here, there. But if I can do 30 minutes of Q&A and I can actually get questions from 20 different people, from 20 different questions, you're pretty much going to hit on what all 100 of those people are really looking Absolutely. for. Absolutely. And I would so much rather go deep into a question that somebody actually has because that's something that they actually need than just stand up and pontificate some idea that may or may not have any context with them whatsoever. Right. So I love doing Q and a anytime we do uh, any type of, I, I do a lot of live Q and a on social media. It's because I mean, that's, that's the real value, mm-hmm. you know, and in those Q and a being able to say, I don't know if I don't know, yeah. but being able to point them in the right, direct direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people will do Q and a and they'll just, you know, BS some answer. And you're just like, what? you make any sense or like you can like talk around the answer but not actually like give a real answer like it's a really great question because a lot of people have that question yeah and people that have that question are usually in like you never actually answer the question <laughs> but you know being honest and transparent um in those processes especially when it has to do with some stuff that i haven't experienced yeah i only want to talk from a place of experience uh, i feel like through reading so much sure. and consuming so much content there, there's a lot of not experience, but knowledge and wisdom um, that you can gain from that. But your story is just what I see. What I what I see most times, which 
I mean, look, good, good on you if you can perfect it and master mm-hmm. it. But there's a lot of people who tell other people's stories. Oh yeah, right? everybody. Is. But when it's your story, yeah. Oh man, it just hits at a different level. Oh, yeah. and, and you know it, and the people know it. You mm-hmm. know, so. Oh yeah. No, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. Like I said, I enjoy, I enjoy listening to you. I enjoy keeping up with you. I appreciate it, man. And uh, enjoy watching the drip, man. Yeah. You know, they got hella swag, so you know we're what can you do? Yeah, so. we're trying. We're we'll trying we'll get in, it, man. I know you got 12 days left in the 75 hard. Yep. Um, but after that, we'll get a couple workout sessions. To do yeah, day, so. for sure, man. I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna be rolling right into the next 75 hard. There's, uh, they've got like two more phases, uh, so I'm probably gonna roll right in. I may wait. Is, till it, is it a national deal? It's just a thing that Andy Frisella created. Yeah, anybody can do it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people doing right. it. And it's really cool, uh, the community that's been created around it, because people, you know, are searching the hashtag, and, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get somebody that's like, oh, man, I'm on day six. Congrats on your progress. Yeah. Like, I'm on day one, or, you know, I'm on day 50. And it's been a really cool, yeah, that's been um, that's been a really cool part of it. And, uh, and I've gotten to hang out with uh, Andy uh, a few times, and he's one of the real ones out there. Yeah. Like with his podcast, the MFCEO podcast, like he talks constantly about how the first seven years he never made over like 700 bucks in a month with his business. Yeah. And his business will do over 300 million this year. Mm. But it's been 17 years to get there. Right. So he's telling the real story. And that's why I like his stuff so much uh, and resonates so much with it. Because uh, that's the story that people need to hear. There's so much just nonsense out there that like, you know, join my mastermind, join For my, sure. this, you know, 60 days to six figures and like Shit, all this man, nonsense. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's really hurting yeah. the majority of people because people are paying money to be coached by someone who's never actually done the stuff they're coaching on. Like you have sales coaches out there that the only thing that they've sold is their sales coaching. <laughs> like literally, I'm like, what have you done? Like, what have you done? Like the biggest thing that's been killing me lately is every night in different cities all over the U S there is like a mastermind event going on with a bunch of like 20 to 30 year olds talking that have done absolutely nothing except get a blue check Mark and you know, a bunch of like behind the scenes, back end gray area stuff on social media. So they have big followings, but they've literally never built a business. They've never had really any success other than social media growth. And they're out there and people are paying money to go to these events and they're paying money for their mastermind groups and their eBooks and their programs. But if you actually got down to like what that person's actually done, they had not anything. Yeah. And so I think like a lot of that, when the market does go down, like a lot of that's going to, you know, fall by the wayside and you know, the real ones will, will still be there. Hey, so. Absolutely. You got to love what it is. Yeah, love, love what it is. <laughs> well, look, man, I, I appreciate you uh, for sure dropping this wisdom, man, and sharing some time with me. It's fantastic. Absolutely. You know, I got a chance to, to shake your hand before, but to sit down and have a real conversation. For this sure. Been, this has been beautiful, man. Yeah, it's so. been a long time coming. I've been following your stuff, yeah. your workouts in the morning, which. Well, you know, and we talked about the accountability earlier, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, documenting it. Mm-hmm. The first thing that came to mind, I was like, yeah, I know the moment because I checked Jocko's. Yeah, and if he had posted that that, that the Timex mm-hmm. with the four thirty on, I'm like, yeah, yep. you're slacking today. <laughs> I know, so, I know. Yeah, so I try to hold myself like I usually get up at four thirty five. Mm-hmm. Man, the last week and a half, I have not got up to work out at that time, but I have got it in regardless of the yeah. situation. So whether it's 
seven thirty that morning or whether it's eight o'clock that night. I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I got to practice what I'm preaching out here too. So. For sure, that's been the tough part of the seventy five hour challenge. Is like, it's two workouts. Yeah, one of them has to be outside. Yeah. So I didn't work out this morning, and so I'm working out after this, and then I'm gonna have to get another workout outside after that. And yeah. so it's like one way or the other, you just like make it more difficult for yourself. But when I can get one out in the morning, that's my entire day is different. Absolutely, for sure. So. Man, look, T Jack Harris. Yeah, that's it. That's my new name, <laughs> T Jack. Absolutely, I like it. appreciate you. Man. All right, man. Absolutely. Absolutely.